12 minutes it is after 7 p.m. We go straight into the world of money and power, and it's our business wrap this evening. Snezibo Manenjwa, independent market commentator, analyst, and CA joins me to take a look at the latest yeah, in the world of money on this Tuesday. Snezibo, good evening to you and welcome. Evening, Aya. Pleasure to speak to you on a Tuesday. Yes, yes. Uh, in our new slot, uh, Samgele, to our new slot with uh, 30 more minutes. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Desibo, I want us to start with Jack Ma. Uh, we certainly have heard in the last while that there's been yeah, a, bit, a lot of murmurs in the world of big tech, a lot of murmurs in the investment community, uh, a lot of people unhappy about uh, yeah, the hand of the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, in terms of, I guess, the development of many of what has become large tech in China. Um, they've certainly come for Tencent. They've come for Alibaba. Um, and this notwithstanding, I guess, yeah, Jack Ma feeling the impact of this uh, profit sliding by 37%. And I think also that valuation um, probably a lot lower than what would have been seen had that IPO gone ahead. Okay. So I think I think it's always important to set context for everything. So... Um, from, from a regulatory framework, the Chinese government has actually largely stayed out of tech. Where there was what do you think happened to him? I mean, a lot of people are speculating, I know Bubanju. I'm like, Jack Ma's a member of the Chinese Communist Party, for Pete's sake. I mean, he was just undercover. And I don't think he was, you know, arrested or, or in detention or anything like that. No, but he did disappear <laughs> and the IPO got cancelled. Take that, take that, interpret yeah, that. Imagine, on the eve of an IPO, school no, that's what he did. And so Ant, at, at that point, Ant was supposed to be the most anticipated IPO since uh, Saudi Arabia's Aramco, depending on who you speak to. Mm. And there were thoughts that it could be bigger than Aramco. Um, so, so the Chinese government did two things. They've asked um, Antmar to restructure their business to be a more investment-holding business. Mm. Furthermore, they've gone into, in terms of regulation, in terms of content consumption, which has hurt our fellow, our SA, our SA business over there, Tencent, in terms of how much time kids can spend on games. And they've, they've, they've rolled out quite a bit of regulation just on content, what content you consume, which... Obviously, as you know, with um, social media, uh, the growth is on the number of users. And that's sort of where they are. So, 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 I mean, I guess we know globally, when asked Nizipo, that a lot of the governments that have been coming for large tech businesses, least of all in sort of the global West, has been around privacy issues, the use of information, and then, of course, uh, in many instances, what is called antitrust or anti-competitive behavior. In China, um, you know, do some of these issues feature or I guess is the scrutiny about something entirely different? Yes and no. Yes, in terms of they do, they're in the same line that it's, it's more of a power play than um, it's more of a power play um, than anything else. I think, I think, I think there, the Chinese So it's like trying to show you who's boss. Is that, is that what you suggested? It, it has to be what that because I, I, it's for them. They've literally basically made it very clear that you know what we're going to show you um, who's boss and yeah they've yeah. Hmm. For me, for me, the fact that Jack Ma disappeared, uh, it ne- that thing has never sat well with me. A whole Jack Ma disappearing. So, so I, I mean, I, yeah, I actually don't recall the story. But what happened when he came back? Like, what what was the issue there, or what was the explanation? <laughs> so they didn't really have like an explanation. Uh, <laughs> like he just disappeared. <laughs> Like, you just had the, there's a period, like, on the eve of the, 
of the IPO in November, and he was just gone for three months. Like, <laughs> like, so, like so how does he make his reappearance? I mean, you don't you don't go missing for three months when you are like one of the world's most watched IPOs is on the horizon, and then you just come back and and you silently come back. I mean, no, that's what exactly he did. Like, um, he wasn't seen um, last year, October twenty four, and then he came back in Jan of this year. Like, like. Ah, uh, Mr. Sidi Chan was on <laughs> vacation. No, he he was on vacation. But it was on the eve of your biggest IPO, no, and then cancelling it last minute. Hi, boy. Even me, I'm usually not a conspiracy theorist, but this one, uh, this one, I'm like Chinese no. Communist Party sanctioned vacation. Yes. About, yeah, before we let this one go, I mean, I want us to talk about just Tencent for, for a second, because a lot of um, what you've been talking about, I guess, the power plays of the Chinese government, uh, certainly from my observation, I do think you're right. I mean, it, th- there's a lot of issues around the data and, you know, what that is used for. And I think commercially, you know, the Chinese government is also interested um, in who monetizes that, how they do so. And I guess, you know, how that aligns to the big plans you know, of the Xi Jinping government. But Tencent, we know... You know, anything that happens there is always going to have an implication or a ripple impact on our markets here at home. Yes, and um, remember that the crackdown literally, like, they wiped off, like, billions. <laughs> it's been wiped off billions. Um, it's, um, the, it, it's, the, it's the ban on kids. The cat, it's the ban on kids. So basically, um, to ban on kids, to say that... the so what's that, like the one-child policy? No, not our kids. Um, the ban was on what kids can use Tencent for, like oh, applications and stores. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it was has to do with the fact that it's at first it's quite uncharted waters. It's quite uncharted, like um, like the fact that they they looking like I said, yeah, they it has to do with the fact that kids get very addicted to games. It's a very simple thing. Let's say you've got these little four year olds, as they're even younger, from two year olds. Little kids know how to operate iPads yeah. and cell phones. Yes. So sometimes if you don't um, monitor their usage, they get addicted to those games. And they do these unauthorized purchases on their parents' cards. It's actually quite common. So, wait, so you can like buy in-store purchases on the gaming platforms and they use yes. their parents' like, uh, information to do that? Yes. Um, the fact that minors aged, uh, like in the last quarter of 2020, minors aged, 18 accounted for 6% of the company's online gaming receipts. Uh, these kids get little, these little kids get very addicted to um, social media games. Like, like I said, try, it's not even China, try taking away an iPad from a kid. You will yeah. see that thing is the thing that keeps them asleep. It keeps them, and they will literally tell you, and they will, they, they know how to operate those things. And it literally, I've seen it, like from, try remove one from an under six-year-old, the amount of screaming you'll have to deal with. Mm. So and you know, so, so, so I, I find this so fascinating, Snesipo, because a lot of people in the South African market talk up the fact that, you know, process, NASPAS or whatever they call themselves now, and I'm not going to get into sort of why, why I say that. Um, has been trying to wean itself off of this 10 cent reliance. But I mean, if you still own like 29% of what is indeed a monolithic and massive company, um, it's, it's little wonder why it has such a massive ripple impact. Anything that happens from a regulatory perspective in Beijing, why that always has uh, some ripple impact uh, on, on the South African market. 
Yeah, and it's going to be this way until NASA eventually disposes. Why you would dispose of Tencent? Answer is no, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The answer is no. Like this is what this would literally blow my mind. And it's not like there's another market with a billion strong population like this one. So it's not. They've like got a can... billion strong population. Hmm. They have a monopoly on social media. They're the world's biggest gaming company gaming company, which is where this ban is hitting them. They're the world's biggest gaming company, and they still don't have majority stake. The growth potential, it, this is what blows my mind. It's like the growth potential is still there. Mm. That is what you can't, you can't even deny it, because in certain industries, in certain sectors that they were, they were developing, they're minorities. They're all in their infancy. I think gaming has been around for about 50 years. Online gaming has only started taking off the past three to four mm. years. And without mm. people being able to gamble because they're unable to leave their houses, no sports, this thing is actually quite addictive. <laughs> and no, 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 when I laugh, you laugh about it, but when you, when you think, when you run the numbers, you're just like, ah, guys, even me, even me. <laughs> so it's no longer just about Upik right now. It's, it's, it's on another level because I guess... It's not a, yeah, it's, 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 right. I think, I think so, so you, if you compare them to Amazon, so if you look at Amazon just released results um, last week. Yes. Amazon um, book book has tapered off. But online retail is they in every other they were doing eighty percent, hundred and twenty percent. You if you saw that profit line mm. and you just saw that the fact that they can buy Southie as a country, cash <laughs> like you and, and the fact that you know, all of these things are in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about Amazon for a second, because uh, I guess you took us there. Um and yeah Many of our listeners would know there's been uh, quite a bit of an issue over the last while around, uh, you know, trade union organization at uh, some of their distribution warehouses. And uh, the National Labor Relations Board, and I guess they, they kind of, you know, one of the entities or Department of Employment and Labor type arrangement in the U.S., found that Amazon had illegally discouraged organization uh, at an Alabama warehouse uh, by doing all manner of things. I mean, anything from like, you know, rejigging people's shifts, trying to pay them a lot more to vote anti-unionism and uh, yeah, what's happening here? And I guess it's um, always quite interesting in the context of some of the things we often talk about uh, and employers do in this part of the world. I think um, so basically, yeah, and that gives you the the, 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 the the fundamental issues. On the back of that, it's actively, the companies actively um, just encourage unionization mm-hmm. and have fought actively against the raising of the minimum wage. As you know, in the States, they haven't raised the minimum wage since primary school. America. Yeah. Since, since I was in primary school, as you know, since I was in primary school, they haven't raised the minimum wage. And then on the back of that, with the exploitative prison practice. So you've got all these convolutions of factors. Mm. So the regulator, I think if it hadn't come out for that, that the one in one fifty seven where they're like, uh-uh, we're dealing with a single entity here. Hey, 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 hey. Let's leave that one now. Omnia, um, I guess, yeah, you know, uh, a new worker scheme here under new clothes, I guess, uh, because now it's called um, a, what, a broad-based share employment scheme. What are they calling this? And uh, what is yeah. it? Let's maybe start there. Yeah, so they, they announced the BE deal for employees, a share of trust. This was an amendment of an existing transaction that you did have. Remember, 2014, eh? Yeah. Mm. Remember this, so, the trans- so what's changed now? I mean, d- did they suspend that transaction when it was supposed to vest because it was underwater? What what happened? They rolled they rolled it forward. <laughs> what's that? So basically, 
what the structure is is that remember you you take out you borrow money to buy shares. At the end of the maturity time, you can see that you're not the value of the shares does not exceed the value that the money you've already broken. So you unwind it and then you sort of roll forward um, the benefits because ultimately you still want to claim the BE point from the shareholder scheme and it's easier to convince your board of directors to do it for your staff than it is to do it for other BE parties. Like strategic shareholding. Mm, okay. Quite simply put. Sure, sure. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> So, so, but then what, what does that mean? Do you like when it was supposed to vest, do you give people like a once-off gratuity and then say, no, hold on yeah, some more? Or do you say, or do you just say, like carry on? Yeah, so remember, even from a deal underwater, you just, you, you try to recover as the best you can. But the understanding is that what comes up must eventually come down. Sure. Yeah, but, no. but, you, but you know how these things work. If, 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 if they did the deal last year, and we watch the share price appreciation. No one would be, would be any of the wiser. We'd all be clapping on how well structured it was, forgetting that a lot of the success of these deals is purely based on timing. This is true. When you come in and when you come out. And also, like, it's, it's not linked to any operational thing. It's always like sentiment, right? I mean, in this case, uh, the, the previous management at Omnia did some, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I don't yeah, know what to call it. Yeah, it was a few Incurred a few challenges. Mm. Incurred a few <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, a very, very interesting story. Maybe, sensible, the last one I want us to take a look at here, uh, you know, is Royal Bafuke. Now, I was saying when we were opening up this evening that um, I don't know how to compare the first month of tw- first six months of 2020 to the first six months of 2021, least of all for companies in the PGM sector. Because <laughs> if I'm looking at your earnings you know, uh, around 2 billion in the first six months of 2020, and we know that coincided with the hard lockdown, right through now to 5.5 billion. It's like you're not even looking at the same company. Um, so, yeah, so the interesting metric, they went from 700 million cash ah, to 3.6. 3.6. And they only, like, to say, what's, they, what's they that are printing what, money. What's and that multiple? You must understand, this is on the back of two things. You've got the shipping costs for the first half of the year have gone crazy, have got, become more expensive. You've got fuel costs have gone more expensive. You have electricity costs, which have all gone up. And they're still printing money like this. <laughs> so wait, wait I've, I've just done, I guess, a bit of back of the envelope calculation here. This is a multiple of five, right? Yes. <laughs> or above a multiple of five, because, I mean, 700 million times by five would be 3.5 billion. They've come in at 3.625. Like when you think about it, it literally blows your mind because that's what I, that's what I always make the example. You've had you've had in the first five six months of the year shipping costs and shipping delays mm. which have gone to historical highs sure. globally in South Africa. You have the petrol price which is currently also at highs mm. because you really have to get the product to um, to the ports. You then had on the back of that electricity increases. Yeah. You're in the middle of a pandemic and you're printing money like this. I, <laughs> Let's leave it here. Um, and I guess, yeah, the other for me, puzzle and conundrum, is uh, ton loads of all of this money that's being printed is being made out in the Northwest. And maybe one of these days we must talk about some of the governance issues. Hey, why do you want to be controversial? People, let people declare dividends. Umnandang and Northwest. Umnandang. Snesipo, papai. Bye-bye. That there was Snesipo Manenjwa joining us for our business wrap 
here on Metro FM Talk. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we take a look at what's happening at a community level. And uh, yeah, we're going to take a look at a feedlot. Uh, established in 1982, it seems, uh, yeah, the workers, much like the Amazon workers, are unhappy. And, uh, yeah, this is an operation that includes a Bonsmara stud operation, animal feed production, feedlot, red meat production, and, of course, uh, I guess on the retail side of things, a butchery and a deli.